we're wired to focus on problems. We're wired, like the way you're wired, right? Like you said, like focusing on the problem, like a recovering perfectionist, right? You're normal. That was, that's totally normal. The way I, the way I was before I met Jason, you know, may sound a little bit dramatic, but I was a hundred percent normal in that. In fact, the way I woke up every morning with that like laundry list of all the things that could potentially go wrong that day or all the things I had to do or the results that I was needing to produce. It's probably not all that different than the way a lot of people wake up every morning. Have you enjoyed listening to the Incredible Paul podcast? Are you looking for a way to support it? Or maybe you just want some swag? Check out the Incredible Paul store today. We have shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, hats, stickers, and so much more. Go to IncrediblePaul.org, I-N-C-R-E-D-I-Paul.org, and click on the store link. Or go to link in my socials bio and click on the Incredible Paul shop. Looking forward to seeing your Incredible Paul look. Turn this up. Turn this up. Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Hi, I'm Paul Faranbi, and welcome to Incredible Paul Leadership, where we learn how to become the most incredible versions of ourselves by learning from each other. Today, I have Dr. Ellen Reed on the podcast. She's a top performance coach with over 15 years of experience. She has a background in professional dancing and brings a rare combination of deep academic and athletic background to help clients achieve their success in health and happiness. So I briefly introduced you, Dr. Reed, but how about you introduce yourself the way you would do it? Yeah, well, um, I hate introducing myself, but you did a really <laughs> good job. <laughs> so I, it's funny, it's, um, we were recording these videos for um, this course that we're offering, and I'm like, once I get past that first 20 seconds where I have to introduce myself, I feel great. Um, but I'm Ellen. I am, like you said, I'm a performance coach um, for about 15 years now. Um, I basically work with people who are wanting to make improvements in their life. So I work a lot with athletes, um, really at all levels. I've, I've got, you know, I work with Olympic athletes, professional athletes to high school athletes, student athletes. Um, I work with business professionals. I work with really, like I said, anybody that's wanting to make improvements in their life. Um, you know, it started as me working with athletes. Um, kind of over the years, it's just kind of broadened to kind of so many different types of people. Um, and so that's been really cool to just get to connect with so many people. Um, I worked with my colleague, Dr. Jason Self, who was also on the podcast, yeah. I guess maybe a couple weeks ago, months ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I've been working alongside, like under his wing, for yeah like close to 15 years from the time i started graduate school till now and um i've learned so much from him that i've applied you know to myself first and foremost and now to the clients that i coach um i also as you said i was a professional dancer for gosh i think 13 years i was with um the company the big muddy dance company it's a local comp- company here in st louis oh, we're a contemporary rep company so we'd have um you know choreographers come in and we you know put on performances and all that you would expect um and so my life used to be you know go to 
class and rehearsal all day from like 9.30 to 2.30 and then come home, sit at this desk and do my coaching call. Wow. Um, but I officially retired from that uh, just about a year ago. Um, so now I can devote much more focus and time to my clients, my coaching, and my kids. Yeah. Um, I'm a mom. I've got two little boys, seven and four, getting ready to go back to school. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I love that. I, I can tell the, the passion in, in what you're doing with really that you say you help everyone that's looking to improve. That is amazing. And that's really what this whole podcast is about. So that's why I wanted you on, on the show to, to learn more about you. Love it. I love it. I love it. Um, when I love what you're doing and you know, that's the name of the game yeah. is improvement. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, once you stop growing, mm. you start dying, you know, in every form of, of the, of the phrase, of, you know, of the word. And, and so it's just, that's, that's what I'm passionate about is helping people make improvements in their lives. Um, and anybody that's game for that, like I'm all in, you know, <laughs> like I said, you know, I, I, um, it's cool to say like, oh, I work with professional athletes and like leaders and CEOs and this and that, but I'm like, I don't care who you are. You know, if you want to make improvements in your life, let's go. And so, you know, some of my favorite clients are my younger ones, like my kids, you know, the, the kids that I work with, the middle schoolers or the high schoolers. Um, so, you know, it's funny. I'm getting a little bit off topic here, but a couple um, weeks ago, was it last weekend, I guess, it's kind of running together. I was in Indianapolis for my nephew. He was in the Little League World Series, like the regionals. Um, and it was, you're a baseball fan. <laughs> and yeah, so that's a big deal. Yeah. Well, and so I, my, fa my, my family, my sister and um, her kids, it's my nephew, um, live in Kentucky. And so they represented the Kentucky Little League team. Um, and they did awesome. They ended up losing um, in regionals, but did really well. Um, but it was so cool to see that level of intensity and passion in these 12 year olds. And, you know, I've That's been thinking amazing. a lot. Yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about this since that tournament, because I was, you know, all in, we had the t-shirts, like family was there. We're like sitting next to my sister, like, yeah. you know, screaming like positive reinforcement at the, you know, yeah. uh, from the stands. Um, but really the difference in the fundamentals that I would teach to a 12 year old are no different than what I would teach to a professional athlete. There's, there's really wow. very little difference. Wow. Um, these fundamentals that Jason, my colleague developed are really universal. Um, and what he is so great at, I've told him this before and he was like, this is the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. <laughs> is he has such a gift for simplifying, mm. like taking the most important, the most kind of fundamental aspects of what, drives performance and greatness and success and happiness and however you define it and simplifying it into a way that people can implement it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, over the years, like, you know, he, he and I have really kind of shaved every bit of extra fat off this program, <laughs> off these <laughs> fundamentals to really get it to its purest form. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, you know, that goes for whether it's a, you know, a young athlete who's trying to improve their game mm -hmm. or a mom 
who's trying to improve, you know, you name it to yeah. a business professional, to a professional athlete. That, that is amazing. And I, I love that story of what just happened recently in Indianapolis with the regionals. And I would have, I mean, it, it makes sense from what you and Jason wrote about in the book and the fundamentals he developed that it, the same thing for a 12 year old is the same thing a professional athlete goes through. Yeah. Are you a STEM student? Do you have questions about life after undergrad? Are you not sure what professional development really means? Or maybe you just want to meet some incredible people and ask questions to someone who's been in your shoes before. The Incredible Student Community is for college students who want some help navigating through college, finding their way into grad school, a career, or even starting a business. We will meet once a month for an hour each time. You can reach out with questions at any time through a special group of people you know are serious about their growth as a student leading into a professional. Go to incredipal.org slash community to learn more about this. You can also go to my about page, incredipal.org slash about to learn more about me. Join me in becoming the most incredible student you can be. Yeah, and you know, we're starting to, or at least I, they, they start to come at me younger and younger. You know, it's like people are really starting to, not starting, but continuing to understand the importance of mental toughness mm -hmm. and working on your mental game, you know, whether that be your mom game, your <laughs> sports game, your leadership game, whatever yes. it is, but working on the mental side of it. And, you know, athletes are, are quote unquote good at this. Like they know they need to be mentally tough. They know they need to work on the mental side of the game. So athletes have all of these tools kind of at their disposal, like visualization, like self-talk, all of these things that are more kind of normal in the sports world for athletes to work on. But why reserve that for athletes, mm. right? Th these are the things that are known to increase performance. Yes. And we all are performing in everything we do, right? Like we're not just, I'm not just performing on stage as a dancer. Yeah. We're not just performing on the field or what, you know, you're, we are performing with every interaction with our kids mm. or with every meeting we have, or, you know, with our exercise plan, we're all performing all day long. And so these tools that were kind of once reserved for the sports world, you know, it, it, it's, it's so important that we all have access yes. to that and so that's what we really you know wanted to do and our you know our our mission you know so to speak is to get this stuff out to as many people as we can like we can only meet one-on-one -on -one with so many people jason does a lot of speaking engagements you know we've got a a book um an app you know just anything we can do to get this stuff yes. out to as many people as we can yeah it's so critical and i i love that you were able to take something that was pretty common in the sports world and that you're actively trying to make it more common for everyone else. Because like you said, yeah. we're, we're all performing in some way, whether we realize it or not. I love that. Totally. And so Jason started, I, you guys probably got into this, but started in the sports world. Um, he, in fact, that's kind of how I met him. Um, he was, uh volunteering at a gymnastics center here in oh, st wow. louis like on the weekends he would help coach the boys mm -hmm. team and i was the dance instructor so i was there like on the weekends too and so that's how we crossed oh, paths okay. and i was just about to start graduate school 
he was just a, about to start his role as the director of sports psychology for the St. Louis oh. Cardinals. Um, and so we just kind of got to talking and I told him, oh yeah, you know, majoring in psychology, going to graduate school for psychology. And he's like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> I need somebody right now because I'm about to start with the Cardinals. Like my business is about to explode. Mm. So I started with him um, literally just confirming his, his appointment. <laughs> so <laughs> Back in the day, he would like hand me his notebook with his like yeah. clients' names and phone numbers written down, and I would call him. Um, but it was funny because a lot of them were like Cardinals wow. players, but I didn't know who they were. <laughs> you know, I like I, I I love the Cardinals now, and like, but I wasn't really like okay. that into it. And so there was like no element of me being. Oh wow! Now. <laughs> so I'm like, sure, you know. <laughs> um, and so it was really a good fit in that sense. Um, but you know, his first book, um, was called 10 minute toughness and it was for athletes, the mental training for athletes. And so that was kind of the first of his training that I was exposed to that I really took on for myself as a dancer first. Um, but when I met Jason, so as I said, I was finishing up school about to start graduate school. I was like a student, like filling my time after classes with dance classes and like working on my kind of pre-professional dance career, like every club, everything I could kind of get my hands on, I was doing wow. I'm like type A personality. <laughs> and so like on paper, I was doing really well, but I would wake up every morning with my heart like pounding oh, out wow. of my chest <laughs> and my mind kind of swirling with like the laundry list of things that I had to do that, uh, that day. very, um, very kind of perfectionist uh, mentality. Yeah. And I was living really every day with this kind of subtle anxiety that just felt so normal to me because it's just how I was, you know, and yeah. so many of us you live never like really that. questioned it. Exactly. Exactly. Like my normal was a, a kind of, you know, a pretty, significant level of anxiety just as my like kind of everyday normal basis and so when I started implementing this fundamentals and this his program I'm like wow like yes it's making me a better dancer but it's impacting the rest of my life almost so much more dramatically um and so kind of what was his progression from the sports world and kind of opening up these tools into for everybody um mine kind of followed the same path you know, what I, when I learned them for myself as a dancer and then kind of, wow, this is really impacting the rest of my life. And um, so, you know, so on and so forth. And now here we yeah. are. That, that's amazing. That, that progression that you've, you've had. That's truly remarkable. So I know you mentioned that book. Uh, what, was it the 10 Minute Toughness? Ten the minute first toughness. one? Yes. Yes. I know that you and Jason were able to co-author the most recent book that I actually have yeah. here, Relentless yes. Solution Focus. Love it. So I'm, I'm curious, like, what was the, the writing process like for, for you? I didn't know if you had written other yeah. stuff in the past or, yeah. Well, that's a really good question because, um, well, I, I'd always loved writing. You know, I always loved it in school. You know, I I guess I can't say I would be excited to write papers, but like once I got into it, I'm like, I really love that. Um, I remember when I was in eighth grade, this is funny, I'm just 
thinking about this or remembering this now yeah. we're talking about it but we um my english teacher said like told the class like okay if you guys find um grammar errors like out in the world like if you're reading a magazine article or a newspaper if i say if i'm speaking and i make a grammatical error write it down and give it to me after class and i'll give you one extra credit point for every oh, wow. one that you find and i was like <laughs> all over this to the point where my teacher was like ellen you got to stop because i would be she would be talking to us and i would just be like oh she ended the sentence with a preposition like you know writing it down and so i just always loved it yeah um, yeah and so but but the writing process was fun because um what we would basically do is i would start a chapter and he would start a different chapter and then we would swap. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then we would swap again and swap again and swap, oh, wow. swap again to the point where I'm like, okay, wait, did I write this part? Did he write this part? <laughs> and I've been around, I mean, I've been, like I said, I've been uh, like soaking all this in from Jason for 15 years. So I, um, everything, you know, everything I've learned about these fundamentals is like come from him, you know? And so I've been in the audience at like so many of his speeches and like worked with him individually on this stuff. And so it was really easy, I would say, you know, it was a really good fit. And I think that um, one thing that he would probably say is that, you know, I bring the um, little bit of like the softer edge to it like that you know that female energy yeah, he, from he, the sports world he said those like exact words on the yeah. Podcast. <laughs> That's funny. yeah like yeah. he's from the sports world yeah. and um which is you know it's so cool and, and so a lot of like like his stories and analogies are from the sports world um and so it was kind of it was an interesting kind of dose of adding a little bit of um you know i'm like a, a, a young mom um, yeah. and so that was like kind of an interesting perspective. Um, so, but yeah, it was fun. And, and it was funny because Jason, he'll tell you this too, was like, uh, hates technology. Like he's not on any social media. Like, you know, he's got his phone, like he can probably, he can figure out how to do zoom, but like, that's about it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, Hey, Jason, like there's this cool, like collaborate feature where if we just click this icon we can both be working on the document at the same yeah. time we don't have to keep like swapping and yeah. then manually entering all of the our edits and he's like ellen no let's just like i'll do mine and you do yours we'll switch but what you know what ended up kind of resulting from that i think was so much better because we really did like by the end of this thing we had read it so many times like kind of from different perspectives and kind of gone back to it and you know his motto and i think about this a lot is like when in doubt delete you know oh, wow. and so we would just go through and like you know delete 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 add stories and things like that so it was an interesting process and i think ultimately it it was a great thing for the book that we did have to kind of take our time and do it almost like a little bit of the old-fashioned way um but i think where we ended up i'm a little biased but i think we ended up with something really special <laughs> i i would ag agree that it is a very special book definitely impacted me so i i read the book last like towards the beginning of last year and then he came to to speak at my church a few months ago and so was able to get an autographed copy of it so awesome uh, it's awesome it's and I think one of the things that you probably um, 
just from interacting with him, you know, at church and, you know, when he came to be on the podcast is he, his vision, his mission, his MO is helping people. And, you know, and, and I know it sounds so kind of cliche and like whatever, but really, truly, you know, and it's like you, when you're around him, he makes you feel good. Yeah. You know, I was, it's funny when um, my husband and I, um, Jason and his wife are just so fun and awesome. And like, we were at um, like a happy hour at their house and we left and I was like, you know, every time I leave the Selks, I just feel good about myself wow. you know? good. <laughs> and and he really you know he practices what he preaches in that sense he said this the other um not the other day it was a bit ago but i think about it a lot and he said it and i was like jason like that was good he said never miss an opportunity to make somebody feel good about wow. themselves and that's something that as a coach as a parent as a friend as a leader, as a teacher, I think that's somebody something that everybody can take value from is never miss an opportunity to make somebody feel good about themselves. Um, and, and so I, I think that's one of the things that we really tried to, you know, do in the book is make a kind of something that people can easily digest and easily implement that's going to make a real impact on their lives. Um, and so I hope we did that. Um, but, but yeah, it's been, it's been an awesome 15 years kind of working alongside of him. Yes. You, you two definitely did that. And it's, it's really cool to see the story and the, the relationship you two have that it was able to, to bring forth a book that is, has impacted so many people. Cause I, I know it was a bestseller when it came out as well. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that was cool. It was, you know, it's like, you hope people like yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> you work really yeah. hard on it and hope people like it. But it's a little, you know, but it was cool to see. Um, and we we get messages all the time, you know, of like, some of it just just makes you cry, you know, just like the, impacting people in ways that like we didn't even necessarily expect, you know. And, um, and what's so cool about it is that people apply it in so many different things, so many different aspects of their lives. Um, where it like really starts to take on a life of its own, you know, in someone else's life. And so that's been awesome to just kind of get those messages, hear that, that impact that it's making. Yeah, that that's really good. That's, I love that. But I want to take a step back because I know you mentioned that you were uh, a professional dancer first and that you were also dan doing professional dance and coaching how how was that yes. how were you able to, to manage that and like what was kind of it, the process well, for, yeah yeah well it's i you know i told you kind of about growing up how i was always like the do all the clubs yeah. do all the this do all of that like i've always had to you know with dance and like with any sport you know you go to school all day and then you go to practice or rehearsals or whatever classes at night and so I just kind of never got oh, off wow. that bus, you know, of the academic stuff being so important to me and the dancing. And um, I, you know, I, like I said, my typical day would look like, um, you know, you and what, whatever with whatever with yeah. the kids, whatever you do with yeah. kids in the morning, <laughs> getting them, right? getting them yeah. like out the door or like. Um, and I had, you know, when I started dancing professionally, I didn't have my kids. Obviously, I had both of my kids while I was dancing oh, wow. professionally. Um, and 
So I would go at, you know, like 9.30. We'd start every day with ballet class and then go into rehearsals till about 2.30 or 3.30. Um, and then I would either, we used to have an office post-COVID. We were just all, all I'm all virtual yeah. with my coaching calls, which is so nice. Um, but then I just come home and I get on the phone and start coaching. Um, and it actually kind of, I, I told you I worked with a lot of mm. students. So that schedule actually wasn't oh, the worst yeah. for the students. Um, and and I always said, you know, it's have, it's so nice now to be able to focus on one thing, but it was nice to be able to balance. You know, I, I, I would have a, if I had a, let's say a choreographer like didn't cast me oh, or something yeah. like that, you know, I would go home and immediately go into my other passion, you know, so it gave me a really good perspective, I think, on um, just kind of being where you are, <laughs> being present, um, which is hard for people. It's hard for people to let go of kind of bad days, bad moments. And so in a, in a sense that made it a little bit easier for me because I didn't have a choice. I had to go home and like get on the phones or, you know, after, you know, and, and so um, it just worked. It just worked. I, it, it's one of those things that I was really yeah. lucky in a lot of ways. Um, the scheduling, you know, working out the way it did me, like my timing of graduate school um, was perfect because our, the company that I danced for didn't exist oh, wow. while I was in graduate school. And had it existed, I probably would have gone right into that instead of uh, going to graduate school for psychology. So I feel really lucky that that worked out the way it did. Um, so it just worked. You know, we then we do performances and stuff in the evening. It's in the weekends. And um, it was a lot. But, you know, dancing feeds your soul. <laughs> um so it it was hard. I would say that um, you know it, it takes a lot of energy, a lot of all the things, but it definitely pays but you. I back. love the fact that you really had two different passions that you were working on: that working on the dancing yeah. and then the coaching and helping people. Because I feel like that's not true for a lot of people that may feel like they're either in the, a job that may or they may they're just doing just because they feel like they have to, and then they have. I think I can outlift somewhere else. Yeah. Are you wondering what's next? Has everything you tried failed? Or maybe you just feel stuck? Then coaching might be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life and want to start to see results, reach out to Incredipal for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to incredipal.org slash coaching. I-N-C-R-E-D-I-P-A-U-L dot org slash coaching or at I am Incredipal on all my socials. Or you can click the link in the bio for your free coaching session. I want to make sure you become the most incredible version of yourself. Yeah, and I definitely, and that's not lost on me, like how lucky I am and was for that. Um and, and it really was a, a huge advantage to me as a coach to be going through, like being a professional dancer, right? Because I, you know, was able to kind of, um, well, I needed the yeah. tools for myself. <laughs> and so I had a real kind of front row seat to like using this stuff in real life for athletes. And um, so that was an advantage too, to be able to, um, well, and as you can imagine, the advantage to me as a dancer for, you know, being so um, 
immersed in the mental yes. training associated with it. So it really, you know, in both in both avenues, it gave me a huge advantage. Um, but yes, definitely feel very lucky that it, it worked out the way that it did. I'm I I loved dancing. I'm really proud of my career. But I'll also say that I'm really loving not dancing <laughs> and being able to, you know, drop my kids off leisurely at school and, uh, you know, versus running back in and throwing on a pair of earrings and a jacket and sitting at the desk and, you know, wiping the sweat oh. off <laughs> to oh. get into the coaching calls. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I'm sure you got a lot of time back by focusing. Yes, on definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I love that. So I know you you mentioned that you've been doing you've been more focused on the coaching side like the last year. What what was that transition like? That kind of happened naturally, or like was yeah. there something that happened? Yeah. So well, here's what happened. This is actually a kind of a funny story. So I was planning on so we dancers kind of have like a school year schedule. So we're typically oh, okay. off for a couple months in the summer, mm-hmm. and so we were we finished the season, and I had already signed the contract for the next season. Um, that was starting in August. And so we're off in the summer and um, just over the summer, I think a, a lot of, um, I, I kind of accidentally took on a lot more clients. <laughs> and so it got to, you know, all summer I was kind of having this, this subtle thought, a feeling of like, uh, do I want to go back next season? Like, you know, I've had a great run. I'm feeling really good about, you know, where I am and I've got a lot of clients that I love. And this is like feeding my soul in a way, you know, that's so awesome. Um, but I it was like, I'm, surely I'm not going to retire yet. Like I, I feel great. I feel like I'm still continuing to improve as a dancer, yeah, like yeah. just kind of push those feelings away. And so it was about, um, three weeks before the season was about to start. And I was cleaning out my closet. (laughs) I was up. I love like side note about me. I love interior design and like organization and all that kind of stuff. So like, that's what I do for fun. So I was cleaning out my closet. And I love interior design as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. And um, so I was up on a stool in my closet, like moving shoes around or whatever and I it was something I should not have been standing on it was like this ottoman that was not very stable and I fell off and I like kind of as I I was fine um end of the story is I was fine but I you know I kind of like it was it could have been bad I was coming came down right on my shoulder on a couple shelves and also like fell like hit my head on the stool as I was falling and you know that couple of seconds where you're like on the ground kind of assessing how bad it was I remember my shoulder really hurting and I had this split second thought of, Ooh, maybe I'll have really hurt my shoulder and I won't be able to go back to dancing this season. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be an easy decision. I know. I know. And it was like, I had that thought and I was like, Hmm, Ellen, maybe you're trying to tell yourself something here. Like maybe it's time. Um, which is so funny to think back on now Um, But I kind of think I needed something like that. I needed a moment like that because I knew it was going to be hard to go through the process of giving up dancing, like evolving away from that because it had been such an important part of my life. And I knew that was going to be a painful process Mm -hmm. that I I knew I was going to have to go through a little bit of a grieving period for it. And I think I just didn't want to do that. And so that moment was kind of a slap in the face. Like you're ready. (laughs) (laughs) You're ready to go through that process and kind of evolve onto the next phase. And so um, that's kind of the story of how I came to that decision. And then the rest of it really was a very natural evolution because as I said, 
that summer, I had just like my business had just really grown and I kind of like stupidly wasn't paying attention to how many hours I was coaching um, to to the point where I'm like, there's no way I could do this. Like just the number of hours in a day and the number of hours that I'm about to go back to for rehearsals just doesn't add up. And so, you know, again, like a lot of luck involved in that too, that it was a really natural kind of easy transition. Um, so yeah. (laughs) That, that, that is a funny story that you kind of, you kind of sat, sat there and were contemplating like, maybe I don't actually want to go back. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's crazy how our bodies and our brains tell us stuff, you know, <laughs> we yeah. got to listen, you yes. know, when you're like crossing your fingers, maybe I injured myself, but I, you know, it'll make an easy decision. So I won't have to go back. I just needed to, I needed to just like, go with the process. And it was hard. Oh, yeah. um, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful for the career that I had and kind of where I am now. Um, so yeah, yeah. (laughs) What, what was the hardest part of it? Um, that's a great question. The, my friends, the people, you know, like dancers don't do it for the money, (laughs) obviously. Right. Um, like I said, it feeds our soul in a way, you know, that's hard to describe, but we were so lucky um, with this company that like, these are like my best friends, you know, because you're all so passionate about the same yeah. thing and, um, and you need each other. My gosh, it's hard. Like you are, um, I mean, just physically it's yeah. hard, but just like mentally, you know, it's like a constant competition all day long. You're staring at yourself in the mirror oh, all day man. long, but I love that. Like, I love that fight for improvement. I love the process. Um, of dancing. I love performing, but what I really loved was the process of every single day showing up to class, showing up to rehearsals and just working on improving. Um, and that's what we really like. That's what we teach yeah. our clients is to keep your focus relentlessly focused on process, yes. process, process, because we're wired to focus on results. We're wired to be devastated if we don't get cast in a piece or if we like don't make the team or if our numbers are down one month, right? Like we're wired to focus on that. But the more we focus on results, the higher our stress and anxiety. And meanwhile, we're not focused on what we need to be in order to achieve those results. And that's, you know, kind of going back to, um, what we were talking about in the beginning of like how I kind of lived my life before I met Jason and started implementing this was that very, like in that very perfectionist way, like that perfectionist mentality where I would do something well and I'd be real quick to like set it aside and be like, all right, well, what's next? Right. And really being hard on myself and beating myself up for falling short. Um, But what we teach in, you know, one of these fundamentals is forcing yourself to recognize what you're doing well and being relentless about keeping your focus on improvement, not perfection, but improvement. Um, And so that was just really built into my day to day in like as a dancer. Um, But you find other ways to do that, right? Like it, it, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, we as humans are goal seeking beings, which means we are happiest when we're working toward a goal. 
And so, you know, no matter what that is, and now it's, you know, applied in, in different ways. Um, but I would say the hardest part to your question was just not being with my best friends yeah, every day. Like we would laugh so much. And, um, but we still do, you know, we still see each other and, you know, text each other just like we were with okay. each other all day That's anyway, good. you know, so, um, but yeah. Yeah, relationships are, are so critical and so important. And yeah, I can imagine that you've been doing this for years with them, built those relationships. And and now you, it like you said, you still have that connection, but before you, as you were transitioning, you're really not sure how it's going to go. I'm sure that was some sort yeah. of anxiety yeah. or stress about that as well. Totally. When you're so right, you know, relationships, in fact, that's what the, the people at Harvard would say. They did the longest running longitudinal study on human, human development. And they determined that the number one variable for longevity, like a long, healthy life, Oh, was relationships quality relationships and that you yeah. should just be built in you yeah. know i didn't have to work <laughs> at it <laughs> but now you just have to put a little bit more energy into you know meeting up with friends or calling your sister or whatever it is but yeah. it's worth investing in those relationships you're right they're so uh, important that's so true i i tell people because i know you're you're talking about being type a and i definitely type a i tell people that i'm a recovering perfectionist Love and, it. Love so it. it's it's definitely something I'm focused on and being more focused on relationships because it's really easy yeah. for me to get caught up in the stuff I'm doing because there's always something to do like you you think of something you think well I'm not doing this I should be doing this or did I do that right or what did I miss here and so exactly yeah and I think that's why the Relentless Solution Focus book was so impactful for me to move from the problem-centric thinking to the relentless solution focus and to focus on the process. Not that I I had it, I yeah. heard that before as far as like, like uh, focus on the journey, not the goal and that sort of thing. But really yeah. you, going back to what you said at the beginning with the simplification of having your process goals in, in like three different areas of your yeah. life um, so like for me, it was like on the, the health side, um, relationships, and then the business side of things. And so really laying it out helped a ton. Love that. I love that. And you're so right. Like you've heard it all before, right? It's it, You've heard like, hey, be optimistic. Like optimism, yeah, optimism yeah. is good, right? It's good to focus on like the solution. And, you know, there's a lot of research on optimism. And the research is very clear that it is so important, right? In fact, people who are optimistic live on average up to 14 years longer than those who don't contain high levels of optimism. And you know, if you think about it, it's a very chemical thing. So when we are focused on a problem, right? Or the, the mistake we made or anything negative, right? Our brain, sends a signal to our body to release cortisol, the stress horm hormone. And cortisol in even like moderate doses is really like a low dose poison coursing through our veins. And it's just so normal for most people to be walking around with 
like high levels of cortisol because of this problem centric thought. I mean, again, I lived it, you know, every day, like from the, my waking first waking moment, my heart was racing and like my body's going into that fight or flight response and cortisol is just pumping, you know? And so when we switch our focus and replace that problem centric thought with a solutions, our brain then sends a signal to our body to release a whole other set of performance enhancing, yes. feel good neurotransmitters yeah. like dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine. And so, you know, it sounds kind of, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, focus on solutions, you know, like just kind of like rose colored glasses type thing, but it's not, it's chemical, it's biological. And our thoughts have a direct impact on our behaviors, on our feelings, on our emotions. And we don't feel anything unless our body tells us to, right? And so all of that is related to these chemicals yeah. going through our body. Um, so, and the other thing that you said that I loved was, you know, again, you've heard the stuff before. And one of the things that we, was really kind of the framework of the book was that <laughs> knowing something doesn't do anything to change your life, yeah. right? It's like, it's like a pep talk, right? Like we've all heard a great pep talk and maybe you change some behaviors for like the next, later that day or the next day, or maybe the, the day after that. But unless you do something consistently, you're not gonna make lasting change or improvement in your life. And so that's what, you know, Jason developed yes. these fundamentals, these tools, right? Yes. The mental workout, the success log, like product and process goals, so that you can really take this stuff and do the training every, well, <laughs> consistently, I was gonna say every single day, but even if you did it three, four times a week, you're gonna make significant improvements in your yeah. life, but you've gotta do the training. You've gotta do your success log. You've gotta be consistent with your process goals because remember we're wired to focus on problems. We're wired, like the way you're yeah. wired, right? Like you said, like focusing on the problem, like a recovering yeah. perfectionist, right? Yeah. You're normal. That was, that's totally normal. The way I, the way I was before I met Jason, you know, may sound a little bit dramatic, mm. but I was a hundred percent normal in that. In fact, the way I woke up every morning with that like laundry list of all the things that could potentially go wrong that day or all the things I had to do or the results that I was needing to produce. It's probably not all that different than the way a lot of people wake up every morning. And so we have to do consistent training to our brain, like rewire those connections. Um, and so we really take advantage of that neuroplasticity, you know, the ability for our brain to rewire itself, to mold itself. That's really powerful, training. the neuroplasticity, because I think for the longest time, scientists thought that the way we were is the way we're going to be forever. but neuroplasticity shows that you can create yeah. new connections and totally change your outlook, totally change your, yes. your performance and the way you live, yes. which I think is fascinating. I do too. And I love the way you said that. And I, I wanted to point this out too, the way you said, I'm a recovering perfectionist. What so many people do is say, oh, I'm just, I've always been this way. I'm a perfectionist or I, I never follow through with what I say I'm going to commit to. Or I always like, I'll start something for a little bit and then I'll fall off track, like labeling ourselves. Right. But I love that instead of saying, oh, I'm a perfectionist, you're saying I'm recovering perfectionist. I'm working on improving that. So that's something I think really kind of tangible that everybody listening to this can take and start implementing immediately 
is like, what is that thing that you label yourself as, right? That you're wanting to improve in your life. And don't let yourself say you are X or Y or whatever it is. Instead of saying, oh, well, I'm just, I'm a perfectionist or I never follow through with things. You say, I am working on improving X. I am working on improving my perfectionist tendencies. I'm working on becoming more accountable because that statement has a lot of truth to it. And every time you say I'm working on improving it, you're literally making improvements on that thing. But every time you say, Hey, I'm a perfectionist or I never follow through with things or whatever it is, whatever it is. Every time you say that you're reinforcing (laughs) and making, you're becoming more of a perfectionist or becoming less accountable. So I love that. I, I can, you know, I love that you already went there with um, the way that you're thinking about it. Um, but yeah, I love the way that you put that. Thank you. It's definitely something I've, I've been more intentional about what I'm yeah. saying and, and also what I'm thinking and to focus on the positive because I used to call myself a realist. I'm like, I yeah. wasn't really a realist. I was a pessimist. So really focus yeah. on being more optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. In some areas, it's easier for me than others. I th- 100%. I think, <laughs> I think a, a perfect example of not focusing on the problem is when we were starting this podcast. So before we even started recording, like for those of you watching on YouTube, for those of you listening, maybe my audio sounds a little bit different. So you already caught that. But I have oh, this yeah. heads- a headset on. And so the the microphone wasn't working. And I was, was looking and saying, okay, what is... What, what can I do to make this better? What's the one thing I can do to make this better? So I tried restarting it. That didn't work. I tried some toggling some of the switches, uh, turning the mic on and off. That didn't work. And I remembered I have, I think it also was fortunate that a similar thing happened just yesterday, not with this program. Uh, and I was like, oh, maybe I can just use this headset and maybe that'll work. And so I was able to do that. Um, but Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I love it. And a couple things I want to point out about what you said. Well, first of all, what would have been normal is to be like, oh, this is awful. What are we, you know, what are we going to do? And then you get frustrated and mad. And then yeah. like, you know, and then it spirals, it snowballs. Mm-hmm. Um, but you didn't do that. And what you pointed out that I think everybody needs to hear again is that question of what's one thing I can do that could make this better. Mm-hmm. So that is the RSF tool, the relentless solution focused tool that we talk about in the book. Yes. And A plus, Paul, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> you I are studied hard you for this. Yeah, really good, really good. So that question, write it down. Everybody listening to this, write it down. What's one thing I can do that could make this better? So that question, that RSF tool is your key. It's your ticket from problem-centric thought or focusing on a problem to shifting your thoughts onto a potential solution. Because what you're going to want to do is say, oh, there's nothing I can do, right? Like, I don't know what the, I don't know what the solution is. Like, this is the problem, right? So you've got to have some sort of a tool, some sort of a ticket, some sort of a gateway to get from that problem side to the solution side. And that's that RSF tool. What's one thing I can do that could make this better? Awesome. And it sounds really simple. I mean, it sounds really easy, doesn't it? (laughs) It's very simple, but it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy because... If you knew, you already would have done it and it wouldn't be a problem to begin with, right? And so you're gonna wanna say, I don't know. Yeah. 
but the only rule is that you're not allowed to say, I don't know. You got to come up with something, something to try that can help make your situation one inch better. Even if it's the way that you're currently handling the situation or dealing with the situation, you've got to come up with something that could help make it one inch better. And then if you try that thing and then you're back to the problem side, it didn't put a dent in it. You just ask the question again. What's one thing I can do that could make this better? So having that understanding of, listen, there's always a solution. I just haven't figured it out yet. So what's one thing I can do that could make this better? I love that. Especially what you mentioned about it not necessarily being circumstantial, like maybe the way you're thinking about it as well. I think our, our mindset is is so critical. Like I've heard that gratitude is one of the healthiest emotions that you can have. Yeah. And just being... Yeah. You can't complain and be grateful at the same time. So that automatically helps you. 100%. It's like venting. It's like you don't feel better after you do it. No. <laughs> we like to tell ourselves, well, if I just complain about this or if I just vent about this for a little bit, I'll feel better. But, you know, there's this theory in psychology called expectancy mm-hmm. theory. It's really the basis behind a lot of what Jason and I teach and expectancy theory states that that which you focus on expands. Mm. That which you focus That's on good. expands. So just like I, I said before, like if you label yourself as like, well, I'm unaccountable. Every time you call yourself unaccountable, you become more unaccountable, right? If when the example of the headset not working, right? When you're focused on, oh, I can't believe this isn't working. This is awful. This is going to be a terrible episode. This <laughs> and that, right? It makes it worse. Yes. But as soon as you get your focus onto, okay, what's one thing I can do that could make this better? As soon as you get your focus onto potential solutions, your brain opens up to more potential solutions. Just the way like our, the activation in our brain works. You light up that solution part of your brain, the areas around it are going to become primed yes. and easier to activate. That's really good. Well, I feel like we could go on and on on that. But I know I you know. have other things to do. But I want to make sure, uh, is there anything that we haven't talked about either for yourself personally or professionally that you want to talk about? Um, Gosh, there's, uh, like you said, we can go on and on. I love, these are my, I love doing podcasts. I love getting to talk to people like you. Um, so there's always more things we could talk about. I would say that, um, again, going back to, hey, knowing something doesn't do anything to change your life. You've got to do something. And so just pick one thing, pick one thing to do, pick one thing to implement that kind of resonated with you from this podcast or, you know, the book. I'm biased, but (laughs) get the book, right? And I'll I'll do the same thing that Jason did. He he says this and it kind of makes me laugh, but I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. I'll do the same thing. If you buy it and you don't feel like you get your money's worth, just email me and I'll buy it back (laughs) from you. No questions asked. Um, I believe that strongly in this book. Um, but when you get the book and you read it, just pick one thing to start implementing. But you've got to do something. Do something to make an improvement. Um, and, you know, that's that's going to pay Just you back. Do tenfold. something. Knowledge without execution is worthless. So that, that, that's really yeah. But it's been an honor, really a pleasure having you on the podcast, sharing your story from being a professional dancer, going to grad school for psychology, learning about uh, mental toughness, working with Jason and juggling it all, juggling between that and life and being a mom. It's 
It's tremendous. You are truly an example of someone who continuously improves and works on being the most incredible versions of themselves, of yourself, I should say. Well, that's amazing. Thank you so much for saying that. That's so nice. And and I love, like I said, I love what you're doing and your passion for this too, Thank like you. totally seeps out of you, you know? And so really, really cool. I love talking to you and awesome. Like I said, and like awesome work implementing this stuff. Cause like you said, it's one thing to have the knowledge and to gain, to no- gain the knowledge, but without execution, it's nothing. Yeah, and it it's is. harder than yeah, people think is. to read a book and implement it you know and so you've really done an awesome job with that and so really (laughs) my pleasure the pleasure is all mine but i want to make sure the listeners and viewers um, know how to find you if you can talk about any socials you want to share websites that sort of thing and i'll make sure it's in the show notes as well um okay perfect i was gonna say because i'm always i feel always feel unprepared for this question so i on instagram i think it's dr ellen reed (laughs) Uh, i think it's okay Dr. Ellen Reed on Instagram. Um, I try to put stuff on there. I'm not as consistent as I would like to be with Instagram, but I do think that that's a valuable place to go. And um, I try to kind of share some um, some things, some advice, some fundamentals, some tools, some thoughts. Um, so Dr. Ellen Reed, you can go to jasonselk.com is our website. Uh, we also have an app that i'm really excited about yeah yeah i don't know if jason talked about that or not but we should have because we're so excited about this um it's awesome it's basically like putting relentless solution focus in your pocket Mm -hmm. and it gives you reminders every day to do your mental workout and your success log you do it all right there in the app and it teaches you this stuff like through videos of jason and me um in like bite-sized pieces like three to five minute videos and so it's really a great resource and you can go to i'm sure you can find it on our website but it's called level up so if you go to levelupgameplan.com um but the same same kind of offer applies like you can try it for two weeks before they even ask for your credit card information and so and any you know like no questions asked you cancel it like we believe like i said we believe in bringing value to people and helping people. And if, you know, if, if that's not cutting it, then we want to hear about it <laughs> and we don't want your money. Yeah. So that's an awesome resource. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find us. Oh, I love that. So the level up gate plan, I actually signed up for the app and it is amazing. Good. It's amazing. Good. What it does. Good. It's really condensed. I like when it goes through the, the yeah. mental work, the, the mental workouts and then the visualization. Yep. Like of you doing yes. that activity and like really putting yourself in yeah. that. It, it is really well designed and the content is phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. Our partners on it are awesome. They were, I don't know if Jason um, told you about this, but they created tiny prints, which I was familiar with, but um, it's like where you would get your like, wedding invitations your baby announcements like i and so and they ended up selling it to snapfish or shutterfly i should know that for like 300 million dollars like hugely successful (laughs) these two guys are in the position in life where they can do whatever they want and they reached out to us and say hey you know basically said we can do whatever we want and this is what we want to do we want to put something out there into the into the world and like there's so much negative that comes with technology that we want to put something positive out there and you know they loved the 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 content the stuff and so 
you know, they are just, I mean, we're, I like to say we're kind of like the dream team because these <laughs> two guys are incredible. Um, and so it's been really a fun thing to work on with them. Um, and so, yeah, we're really excited about it, but I love to hear that you're using it and love it. And um, yeah, I think it's a great resource for people. Definitely. Definitely. And, it, and as you're listening to, to everyone listening to this, make sure you pick up Relentless Solution Focus at the very least. I think you should do both. Get Relentless Solution Focus and get the level up game plan. It will transform your life, but you have to make sure you actually implement it. That's the real key that we, right. we talked about here. Exactly, exactly. You gotta implement it. But thanks again, Dr. Ellen Reed, for being on the podcast. It was wonderful having you. And for everyone else listening, hope you enjoyed it and learned from her story so you can keep being incredible. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. And be incredible. Incredible. incredible.